This episode of Watching the Throne is brought to you by you, the listener. We've chosen to keep the show ad-free and only ask for something small in return. Please head to iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. Those reviews really help with our exposure. And if you'd like to make a small monetary contribution, head to patreon.com slash Podcast, where you can donate increments of as small as $1 per month. Thank you so much, and stay wavy. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and today we are doing a story with Brent Lewis. Brent, uh, introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, what's going on? How are you guys doing? Um, I, once again, I'm Brent Lewis. Um, I am from South Side of Chicago, born and raised. Um, I wear, if you can see me now, like I have my uh, Chicago, where is it? For sure, this. Oh, yeah, my uh, Don't Be Mad shirt, which is a Fat Cycle Workshop. I'm through and through Chicago all day, all night. Right now, I am the senior photo editor over at ESPN's The Undefeated. And, um, yeah, I just love me some Kanye. I, you guys will hear my stories about the reasons why, if it wasn't for Kanye West, I would be a barista at Starbucks right now. So. Oh, shit. So, okay. Inspiration. <laughs> not, just, not just a musician for you, but inspirational figure. Yeah. Incredibly. Like, um, I guess we'll just dive into it now. But, um, Hell, yeah. When Kanye, before Kanye dropped, there was Chicago, it just wasn't really anybody on the music scene there. It wasn't really anybody to look at. Like, well, this is post like Carol Washington. At this, when I'm coming into my teenage years, like Carol Washington's been dead for a while, like Barack Obama isn't on the scene. So there was no reason really to look up to him. When you're that young and you're from the South Side of Chicago, you know, you're going to want to be a rapper. That's mm-hmm. like a rapper, ball player. I don't know if you, can, you guys can't see me, but I'm 5'6. So there's no way I was going <laughs> to make it into the NBA. Um, and you got people talking about like, oh my God, it's so hard to come from Chicago to be a rapper or a musician or anything like that. And so at the middle of nowhere comes this guy and he's like, he's making all these classic soul beats. And I'm, I know all this stuff because my mom maybe didn't want me to listen to hip hop. So I don't think I listened to rap until I was like 14 or 15. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, yeah, this is, this is me. And he's like, yeah, I'm a grown ass kid. So I should be locked up for stupid shit that I did. And I'm just like, yeah, that, that's me. I, I love spending all my money at Toys R Us on Christmas. That makes so much sense. Um, and it just inspired me. It was just like, okay, cool. He's just being weird. He's being creative. He's being just the person he wants to be. And so that kind of gave me the confidence. Cause I was kind of like that shy meat kid in the bag. I was like, I got, I got, I'm, I feel like I'm smart, but I don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> because people hate on folks that are smart. So um, I'm not going to go as far as calling myself a genius, but, um, you know, like, it just wasn't that era. And so when Kanye West came on the scene, it was like, no, be confident, be proud of who you are, and just go after your dreams and just don't let people kill them. Dream killers. Don't let the dream killers kill your self-esteem. Let the arrogance as esteem to power your dream. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. So, <laughs> so that was that was kind of a immediate with, the college dropout college dropout hits and that for you and first thing was like okay i feel more empowered already mm-hmm. nice. like just here just hearing through the wire it was just it was life-changing honestly it was just that whole first verse just yes 
that <laughs> that that's that's what life was like right there. And you said you had started listening to rap hip hop when you were fourteen. Were you really into the groups that you were listening to then before Kanye came along, or what well, the thing Kanye was part of that? Um, so the thing was, let's see. The first, I'm trying to think of the first hip hop, first rap track I ever heard that I actually like went out of my way to listen to. And I want to say it was like Nas's Made You Look. Mm. Um, so that was like where I kind of like started my journey, but I wasn't hardcore into it still. Like I was still listening to like the OJs, Otis Redding, like anything that came on, like the adult um, station my mom listened to, adult ODs. Um, and so I wasn't really big into it. Like I couldn't find what my niche was. So I think at this point in my life, I was like trying to get into like the diplomats and Cameron, but it just wasn't feel it. It just didn't feel right. It's like, you know, first off, like I respect the camera, but like, you know, his flow was a little weird for a person to first get <laughs> into it. So I'm like studying like Rap City in the basement. But the first artist that actually like connected with me was Kanye West. That was a sound that I was used to. Um, I remember like going to school and uh, Cash was like, oh my God, you heard that new like Through the Wire or you heard uh, Slow Jams. I'm like, yeah, that's a, I think Slow Jams was, oh my God, Luther Vandross sample. Yeah. And they're like, how do you know that? And I was like, because I heard that song millions of times growing up. <laughs> so yeah. It's like for a lot of people that are hearing Kanye, they're hearing those samples for the first time and becoming familiar with those beats for the first time. But for you, it was these were your songs being reinterpreted by a modern, modern voice. Yeah. And like, and in telling these stories of that, like coming from, you know, the South side, coming from Chicago, coming from the area I was growing up in right now. So yeah, no, it was, it was life changing, honestly. Damn. Um, and what, uh, what was your favorite track off college dropout? Ooh, Ooh, it changes so much. Um, <laughs> I want to say the one that still just there, like resonates, and I think that's just because I've gotten older. Is Spaceship? Mm, yeah, right. I it's just that the sample was perfect, the flow was perfect, and for me, honestly, it just drove home that idea that I don't want to be stuck doing some like dead end job that I don't love doing. Um, and I don't want to be that that person that's just like, well, you know, I'm just, I got dreams, but I'm just stuck here at the gap. <laughs> That it wasn't for me. And so, like, hearing that is the reason why I don't work at Starbucks. Like, it was just go after your dreams. Like, everything else be damned. Just do what you love to do. And at the end of the day, like, if you're that homeless poor guy living in a box, you're like, I tried to go after what I wanted, other than dying with degrees. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, I think just right in that line, like, five beats a day for three summers. Like, oh my God. It's, it's just a line by itself, those few words that can motivate a generation just to be like, yeah, it is hard work. He's not saying, like, I was born talented, like, I just got this because, like, I'm fucking awesome. It's like, no, I, I worked. I fucking yeah. worked. Yeah. Like, and just, and then you go down that whole rabbit hole of, like, what that actual summer was made up of, of him, like, grinding and making beats off of karaoke machines. It's, like, crazy. And I, <laughs> And, like, honestly, like, I look at that now, and I look at, like, my work ethic and the things that I do now, and that's why I put so much energy into what I do, and I love it. And, like, you got you to gotta work hard at it, because I think we all should be aiming towards getting to that Kanye level of work ethic or whatever we do. Like, if you, you know, if you're washing cars, if you're going to be the best damn scrubber out there. Like, <laughs> building rockets to send to the moon, like, I'm going to be in the lab every single day. 
trying to get the propulsion system right. So <laughs> that's right. So uh, college dropout comes out. Is is this a seminal album for you? What uh, what's your response when late registration hits? Okay, so late registration. Um, oh God, I got to go back to this point because like I think everyone always kind of expects to digs in on college dropout, um, but we kind of shy away from late registration. So late registration. Um, that was that second joint. I think. Oh God, what was that? Oh five. Oh five. Is that? Yes, oh five. So. I think it wasn't as life-changing as it was. It was just kind of that solidified. It always, for me, until I got older, was that to follow up. It was kind of like kind of shot out part two until I got older and realized it was a whole vastly different album. <laughs> um, but I remember just being in the zone where I, I don't think I was looking for that motivation, that drive. That really wasn't on that album in a way. It was more of an introspective album. Yeah. Um, but I just remember... Oh God, my wife's gonna kill me when I say this. But like one of the <laughs> one of the big things I remember from that album was like addiction. Addiction was just one of those tracks. Addiction, uh, crack music. Um, oh my God, uh, drive slow. Okay, so now I know, man. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to go back. <laughs> Let's chop this up and bring it back. But um, there were songs in that that kind of drove me through my teenage years right there. So I remember drive slow. My guy Jerry had this incredibly beat up. Oh, God, 97 Honda Civic that his mama passed down to him. Um, but we thought we was fly. We thought yeah. Yeah, he was the first one to drive his license. Um, the car was so busted. Like, we had a, we literally picked up a giant boulder, like, boulder rock display thing that, like, old people keep in their front yards. To, like, we literally had to stick them underneath your seat because uh, the latch was broken. So if you said it, it would go back. Okay. And then we hooked up some speakers um, like house speakers in the back of the car, so we would actually had to play jams. So I remember going to like Forest City Mall, like windows down, like blaring Kanye West, like drive slow. Um, but that was just that was just the soundtrack at that time, and I remember just being like, "This is life," and I I felt like that, you know. Um, and I remember like addiction and just being in the backseat uh, with this girl I was in at the time. It was like, "Yeah, man, you know you you." You are my addiction. This is where I'm at. This time. Um, so it was kind of, I feel like Kanye was coming up in age of his music and where he was going and then also kind of transcended to me and like and finding my voice and finding out what I wanted to do in life and where I wanted to be and just my place in this world. So it kind of gave that back and forth. That's cool because the first one acts as inspirational and the second one kind of just acts as a way of helping you orient yourself mm-hmm. within the world. Um, but you said that your relationship with the album is a little bit different now as you've as you've gotten older. Yeah. Um, so with late registration, I always kind of looked at it for a long period of time. I always considered that album was like, yeah, it was it was just Kyle Strawbout Part Two. Yeah. And I was like, it's it was just like he he didn't do anything different. He didn't push the bar on that one. Um, but as I've gotten older, I looked back at that album and I was kind of realized it's like, no, he that was probably one of Kanye's most cohesive thoughts. Um, from execution-wise, from the moment that first skit drops to the moment it closes out, like that album is put together perfectly, sequenced flawlessly, it just flows. And it was like Kanye wrote this manuscript, and it was just like, this is what it was. Where college dropout, you know, you, you go back and forth and things like that, and then you get into a little bit more of a, I don't want to say it's put together, when you start going like graduation, 808s, 
um, things like that. It kind of goes all over the place, but that one was like one complete thought. It's like Kanye made this paragraph, and you got it. Um, so that's how I was kind of like, I guess I've grown to love that album more than I did at the time. Like, I respected it at the time, but like, that was the time I actually grew to love it. Right, so it's like before it was the the songs were something that were meaningful, but the album itself wasn't as meaningful. And now it's like <laughs> being able to view the album itself as having uh, more artistic merit than what it was before. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. So uh, then graduation hits with Kanye spoiling us with these releases, right? Like Oh four yeah. to Oh seven, we get these three albums like dude. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, oh, what's up? Uh, where are you at when graduation hits, and what's your response? Okay, so graduation is, is funny. Um, so graduation at this point, ironically, I just graduated high school. Um, it dropped my first week of college. Nice. Um, so once again, this is just like Kanye knows my life. How did he know? <laughs> like, like, like I come into um, the college dropout and, you know, coming into freshman year of high school, and he drops this amazing, like, late registration when I'm, like, in my junior year, and then he just gives me this gym. And so I, like, um, oh, God, this is a funny story. Um, I'm going to go back around and come out around. But, like, the first song I listened to on my first day of college was Good Morning. I walked out of my dorm room, I put on Good Morning, and I walked out, and I went to class. <laughs> Ironically, four, <clears throat> five Five years later, um, I graduated college, and the first song I'm listening to on my last day of classes when I walk out for my final exam was actually Good Morning. It was mind-blowing. Um, but no, I feel like when graduation dropped, I was kind of in that zone of like, well, I wanted, I'm living my, my college experience. I remember blowing out one of my mom's speakers in her Jeep to Can't Tell Me Nothing. Like, I don't think she ever knows that. So, mom, if you're listening to this, that's what happened. Um, so I was just kind of in that, that space, in that zone where I was moving on to the next portion of my life. I was graduating from these younger ideas and trying to find myself in the world as a whole, but also realizing I didn't really know anything. And I'm, I'm dealing with the, the, I guess, that's where I'm looking for. I'm dealing with all those ideas they kind of spoke with on graduation, the ideas of money and the addition, uh, ideas of women and um, that I... I know this world great enough that I can speak on it and I can make my own decisions and just everything that kind of came with that and the idea of that's where I wanted to be. Like Kanye was on this level at this point of his career. It's like, there's no one better than Kanye West right now. Um, and I was like, that's where I want to be at. That's, that's the goal. So that's what I album spoke to me so much at that time. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I can also... And this is where I started going to where I lose people on my least favorite Kanye album. Because so I go through all that and then I have to speak on how graduation is my least favorite Kanye album. Interesting. Interesting. And uh Yeah, yeah. You know, for a long time I it was my my least favorite as well. Um Okay. And then it wasn't until actually we started doing this podcast in 2015 that I started going back and really appreciating like college dropout and late registration and graduation. And now it's, uh, I put it above college dropout and late registration, but, but, but below the rest, it's almost like reverse chronological order for me. Oh, well, we're in a safe space. So go ahead. I want to know why <laughs> you love 
why that happened. Because I'm looking for someone to give me a reason why I should love graduation. And everyone just looks at me weird and walks away. Like, I'm pretty sure you lost like 12 listeners right now <laughs> as soon as I said that. Um, so what 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 makes up your love for graduation? So a lot of what got me liking it, a lot of what got me hating it to begin with, or not hating it, but not connecting with it as much, was because I thought it was kind of toxic ego Kanye with songs like Barry Bonds and Drunken Hot Girls. Um, especially when I first heard the album, mm -hmm. I just kind of took those songs at face value um, and took a lot of what he was saying at face value. And then when we started doing this podcast and started seeing how often Kanye used irony in songs and kind of set up undercuts of what he was saying, going mm -hmm. back to songs like Barry Bonds and Drunken Hot Girls, you can kind of start to see how he's almost... He's dramatizing the ego in order to set up the conclusion of homecoming where he's now no longer as connected to Chicago and big brother where he's upset Jay. So it becomes more cinematic in terms of that mm -hmm. storytelling arc of having this character that starts off kind of innocence and diving into the celebrity life. Like um, with good morning champion, I wonder mm -hmm. if you get that innocent version and then Boom. Good life into Can't Tell Me Nothing, into Barry Bonds and Drunken Hot Girls. You get that eruption of ego. And just when you get to the height of that ego with the glory of like, I fucking succeeded. I've achieved the glory. It's undercut by him trying to like come home. And mm. at the end, like you can't come home again. Just mm. like, oh, shit. And then... Like what well, that that flow narratively um, just blew my mind. So mm. that's what started putting the album above the other two because I love what late registrations doing, and I do think there's like a cohesion there, but not necessarily mm -hmm. narratively. Um, True. And then college dropout has all these great individual tracks, but do the tracks necessarily interact with each other the way yeah. that we see in graduation? So. That's uh that's why graduation starts to go up over those, but I think he does what he does on graduation even better on the successive albums because he just gets better mm. as a storyteller. Yes, vastly better. Um, like it's the it's the reason why my beautiful dark twist fantasy is the epitome of like that hierarchy of storytelling. It's it's beautifully laid. But now you got me. I'm, I'm gonna go back. All right. I the reason what graduation killed me. Was, I think it was the sound, and it mm. felt like it was it was made for stadiums. But now, years later, I realized, yeah, the boy had to get his money. Like, the man <laughs> needed to get his money, so like he can tell this elaborate story um, through a set of songs and, you know, play it in stadiums where actually the progression sounds better and things like that. So, I don't... Mm, it's just... Okay, alright. And we're going to go back even further. <laughs> what killed it for me was, I want to say was him redoing home ah. for homecoming. I think that's what probably, ah. that's what, you know. okay. Cause, Cause that's a song you had experience with leading up to that. So then when you hear yeah. Kanye do it, that's probably the first time that Kanye sampling something has disappointed you. Um, well, no, I think the original version, the one he did, um, that was on Freshman Adjustment, I think part one or part two, oh, okay. uh, that version of Home, and then come back with the years later when Kanye's like this big star at this point, 
and to listen to Homecoming with Chris Martin, you know, singing the hook, and it's just like, oh, you're gone. What happened, buddy? Like, Southside, yay. Like, 103rd, Halsted, Harold's Chicken Eating, yay. What happened that day? Um, Which I think captures what the spirit of Homecoming, right? Like, he's no longer, he wants to be that guy, but he's realizing, like, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, and that's and honestly, once you said it, once you broke it down like that, it like literally took everything back, and I was like, that all makes sense. Because I mean, I think Kanye West understood that like the original version of Home was great, but like to drive home this point of what this album's bringing on, that Chris Martin sampled version, uh, that whole just redone of uh, rework everything made more sense to use. And yeah, no, 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 I think you might have you might have won me over to give graduation another try. Nice, nice. Uh, the one, uh, the one extra little like cherry on top is because he sets up homecoming with the, uh, like Wendy and if or if you don't know yet, mm-hmm. like she Chicago, <laughs> yeah. you can almost look back and all the relationship details in the album as relating to Chicago. Then, so I wonder becomes about mm-hmm. him thinking about leaving Chicago rather than just mm-hmm. uh, relationships. But that exactly. relationship, and it's just like, oh man, that is good on you, yay! <laughs> good I'm, on done, you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like the boy, the boy's playing chess, yeah. like, and everyone else is playing checkers. Like, well, we're all sitting there listening to music, like, oh my god, okay, someone moved my uh, black piece, and he's <laughs> like, no, 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 pawn to a seven. Like, oh, oh, yeah, they know we're playing checkers. I didn't, I thought we were playing checkers. Um, so yeah, no, he's he's always like two or three sets. Well, like beyond where we're even ready for it yet. So yeah, no, that. All right, graduation. Loading up on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, again. yeah. Let, <laughs> let me know what you think. Like, definitely hit me up afterwards and be like, I still hate it, or <laughs> like, I. You're a I fool. got you. I got you. Um, <laughs> you're like you're crazy. It still sucks. Yeah, I I remember being. Uh, it was my second year of college when uh, graduation came out, and just. The insanity that, or maybe it was my third third year, uh, the insanity that was stronger at college parties. Just every single party I was at, yeah. it was just Stronger's playing over and over. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's why, and like, yeah, there's certain tracks in there, like Stronger's is a phenomenal track that you, you get, you'll be, it'll be blasphemy to be like, no, that's not a good song. Like, I'm just, I'm as, the album as a whole, yeah. excuse me, all listeners, the album as a whole didn't win me over. Now, there were definitely some tracks on there, but like, Drunk and Hot Girls, it just, it, it fell flat. I mean, it fell flat as I got older. Now, like, like you, when I was in college, it was on, it was blaring before we walked <laughs> in. Like, what are we going to do? We're going to find some Drunk and Hot Girls tonight, so, but <laughs> Yeah, it becomes like anthemic in that way, and then you reach a point where you're just like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> no, I, I, I want like, I want, I want to respect and like." Exactly. Um. So. <laughs> I want a respectful young woman I can have a conversation with. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So. Um. So then you're still in college when 808s and Heartbreaks drop. And was mm-hmm. that one that, because that's a divisive album. That's one that either won people over to Kanye, or that's one that people are like, mm, "That's a, uh, I'm kind of done with Kanye." I think. Yeah, no, that was definitely that was the that was a shift. Cause I feel like graduation. I know at least in my friend set um, was 
one of those albums that like, I don't know where Kanye's going with this. I might jump ship, I might not. Um, and then it always definitely pushed a lot of people off that. Like, okay, I'm done with Kanye. I'm absolutely done with Kanye. Um, so when it came to 808's Heartbreak, I think I was on the... Poor I had Okay, so my, my gut reaction to 808's Heartbreak was like, not really for me. Um, I was just like, I think um, the drum patterns and everything, the 808 usage, the, uh, I just wasn't there. I wasn't in my space. And my wife, who was a good friend of mine at the time, was like, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. This is an amazing album. Smart, smart Why? woman. I know. Smart woman. That, that is why I married her. Years later, I was like, this is the reason why. It wasn't anything else. It was that you called this 808's Heartbreak way before anyone else. And so, but at the time, I was just like, eh, it's all right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a misstep. It's a misfire. Because um, I just wasn't in that space. I was still coming off of the graduation I want to be the best of all time. And it's like, what is what does this you give me right now? I'm not in the space to think about problems or issues I've gone through. No, I want to party and turn up. Like, you know, and yeah. like, I'm so sorry for you, Mr. Rich Man, um, but who made it from the South Side, but I'm in college right now. Yeah. Um, but then looking back, I want to say, oh God, I'd be like five years after the release. I want to say I would, I look back at that album and it's like, no, that was that was glorious. Like it was, <laughs> it, it changed hip hop. That's the only way to put it. And it changed I wanna say it changed the way I listened to music. When I got older listening back to that album, um just so many I mean it was so many uses of the way that he used his voice, the way he used autotune to tell these stories. It was it was it was brilliant, honestly. And like he you can understand why when I dropped 08. So almost a decade later, like that influence is still in hip hop. And that actually has changed the way that hip hop is made, produced, and who we look at right now as tastemakers. Yeah, it's crazy that just that one album could do that. And not like, I feel like we tend to view that with first albums. Like because mm -hmm. the person's sound was so unique on the first album that that's the one that goes on to influence. But Kanye doing that with his fourth album... You're just like, oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, he's got he's got a, a bag with some tricks in there. <laughs> and I, I respect that so much more because you look at so many so many artists that make music nowadays. I don't feel like they really pushed the bar later on in their album and later on in their careers. But like Kanye gave you something different with every single album. Yep. And maybe you didn't see it at the moment. Like I didn't see it. I don't need heartbreak. But looking back, like that album was something vastly different than was on the market, even in the ears of people at that time, regardless of genre. Yeah, and I, you know, Drake's the name that always comes up when discussing mm -hmm. 808s, but I feel like that's an artist where people really do want him to hit that next level or just step out yep. of what he's been doing. And it's like, Views seemed like it was going to be, or people hoped Views was going to be that album. <laughs> and then it was just a, a solid Drake album, which mm -hmm. was great, but that's like, just go, go do that next thing. Yeah. Like, like, and I have, I have my, I held a long standing beef with Drake. Uh, Drake <laughs> don't at me. Um, but like, I just, I just, um, lyrically he always like, you know, he made the song, he made the soundtrack of many of my like twenties. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just what Drake did. And my wife has he coined a turn for him as, creating college sex music. That's what the man did. He was phenomenal at it, whatever. Um, but um, but 
I just wanted him to do more. And I see it's there and I feel it and I believe it. And I just couldn't call myself a Drake fan until he got to the next level. And I was expecting that from views and you see little glimpses of it. But yeah, no, it's just, just cross it. Just do it. Yeah. You have it in you. Like, I want to put you in my top five, Drake. Do it. <laughs> I just want to grab him and At least him. my top seven. Like, come on, you can make this happen. Yeah. Drake. Like, get it together, Drizzy. Get it together. <laughs> no more Raptors games until you release the album that we all want. Yes, yes. You, ah. you lost your four seats. If you want to go, you got to send the Raptors. What else? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right, so then My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy hits, and judging judging by your response earlier, that's the album that, like, it, a blow-your-mind kind of album. Yeah, without a question. Um, and I feel like from the first listen, I knew that was that – was, there was nothing any better. I didn't imagine that Kanye could do any better, but we also go into that that Kanye is getting up there. I don't. I think this next album would actually might finally outdo my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, but no, I was just like I was floored. Like there was literally no debates. If someone came to me, it's like that album was good. I was like, no, we're gonna we, we can fight. Like I meet <laughs> you outside um, because it wasn't a misstep on that album. That album was precisely put together. From like the first chord to the last chord, Kanye thought that all out methodically. It's insane to even go back to listen to that album. And um, and I've been like breaking things down and listening to the album for the last oh god, what's this? Five years. Um, and like I'm still missing things. And then shout out to Dissect Podcast. Um, like that breakdown that they just did was phenomenal because I even miss I still miss things five years later that I've not heard. Um, and I'll shout out to you as well um, for like bringing things that I just didn't, I've not heard, listening to it five years later. And I'm like, oh, I got this album totally, I got it, totally got this album down pack. And I'm just like, oh, wait, 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 what? He was on the phone. Oh my, that was, he was on the phone. He called Chris, Chris Rock was, Chris Rock was the simple dude. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like it, it's phenomenal. Like, like oh my, he was masturbating. How was he? <laughs> I'm just, oh my! Huh. It's like so, it's it's insane to think about. Like I'm still hearing things that I didn't hear of, and probably listened 500 at this point. Right. So like, no, like, yeah, that album just has so many insane. It, it's it really is novellic, if that's a word, or literary in that terms of just having the amount of depth and the amount of purpose line by line, word by word, yes. that, God, it gets me every time just thinking about the smattering of applause at the end and where Kanye's <gasps> career was at that point and just that commentary that, like, I'm going to release this album that's the greatest thing ever, and you know what the response is going to be? Just a yep. few people clapping. Exactly. Like, ah. Uh, um. And it works for like the story being told on the album, and it works for the like the meta commentary of like Kanye talking about <clears throat> the music industry and his place mm-hmm. in the world, and oh my god, yeah, and it's it's just it's insane to think about like how he just threads his own story through the eyes of a general view of the music industry, and then threads his like relationships and threading mm-hmm. back like it's. 
the what he weaved, the story arc he weaved in this is brilliant. Yeah. Like I like I I I wanna know if like he actually like sat down and like wrote some things out. Or was this all just in the dome? Like he just figured this all out. Like cause I would have to get a storyboard, look like this crazy <laughs> Batman with like pictures and thumbtacks and threads weave. Like I would have to do it that way. And I feel like he was just like in the booth, like, Yep, I think that's what it is. Yeah, let's let's call Chris. Call Chris, yeah, okay, cool. You know what? Yeah, let's do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's 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 beautiful, honestly. That that's the only way. Yeah. Like, oh, let's call Nikki and do the intro. Like it was phenomenal. Oh. So okay. were you, were you uh were you following Good Fridays before the album came out? Oh yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. Like I'm, I tell everyone that if Kanye released an album that was just like seventy minutes of humming, and then like one like uh, I would have listened to it. I listened to it probably three or four times just to infer what it meant. Yeah, uh, so yeah I was in hardcore, and let's see, this was. 2012, so I was in my or final semester of college. 2010? Um, yeah. Oh my, was that 2010? Yeah. Yes, 2000, 2012 was easy. Okay, so 2010. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was in, okay, so I was working for my student newspaper at that time, and we had to spend all day Fridays. That was our thing. That was our production day. It was a weekly. Mm-hmm. So from Friday, from 9 a.m. until usually like midnight, we were just stuck in this office. Um, but the great thing was is that Good Fridays. Good Fridays. So I'll just be I'll be on the on the refresh button, waiting to see <laughs> when it pops up, and I'm listening to it and it's blaring back. So yes, yes, that that was the only perk of Fridays. Um, but yeah, now I was following that hardcore. I miss it. Kanye, bring it back. Just what about what about a simple Saturday? Just give me something. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there was such a tease with the he announced like the return of Good Fridays with Life of Pablo, and then we got we got three. Like, yeah. I need more than that. I need you like you can't you can't just throw these little tidbits out. No, I I, I need oh. I need it. If you're yeah. gonna start this, I need monthly, weekly, <laughs> like however you want to have you want to do it. However you want to do it, yearly. Just give me something to look forward to, like every other year, like something. Yeah, I was hoping he was gonna start doing like the December thirty first yearly release, and that would yeah. be like his new thing. <sighs> Foiled again, yeah. <laughs> um, so what? What? Uh, what were the sounds or songs that were standing out to you when you're listening to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy for the first time? Okay, so the first time. I mean, you got to. I'm gonna be cliche in that time period. Yeah, I'm gonna be cliche. I'm gonna start off with Power. Of course, Power was. I mean, there is no. When it comes to a song that like defined the first listen of the album. That is definitely um, the one that did for me. Like that, it it was that confidence. It was that bravado. That like Kanye just into. That's what made me love Kanye. That's what gave me the confidence at this point to keep going after my dreams. So the moment I heard that, I was like, yes, yes. And I remember my internship at I think it was the Tribune at that time. Um, it was um, just that intro. Um, oh my god, oh, give me a second. Okay, so yeah, the intro to Dark Fantasy, that first line, I dreamt about this back in Chicago. Mercy, mercy me. Yeah, like that, like, just the idea that, you know, he was, exactly, just having that dream back in Chicago, and I'm like, sitting in Chicago, I was like, yeah, where I'm at right now was all a dream. And so that's why it's one of those tracks that jumped out at me. Monster, of course, Nicki Minaj had probably one of the most phenomenal verses of like any human being in the year 2010. 
Like, I'm sorry, yay, she she destroyed you in that one, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and then Runaway. I mean, I have to I have to go cliche with first listen because these are what hit you on first listen. Yeah, Runaway was it was. I don't think I was even in that zone. Like one thing's like eight oh eight heartbreak. I just wasn't in that zone. And when it came to Runaway, like I just wasn't in that zone. Um, but it took me there. Like it just grabbed me. It's like no, you're here. You're here. <laughs> That's where he's coming from. You yeah. don't have anything of like this, but you're here. You feel for Kanye right now. It's like I do. I do feel for Kanye. <laughs> that piano, just um, that isolated so piano. From. Ding, 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 ding. Do ah, so was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, and so I go beyond that and then drop this this video that just like I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch like ten minutes and like thirty five <laughs> minutes later, I'm just like. So there's more? No? Okay, repeat it again. I gotta yeah. do the work, whatever. Class can wait. Um it oh my god, it was just phenomenal. I just remember that I remember that day. Like we were staying in this apartment, then my wife went to work. I was being a bum that day. She's my girlfriend at the time, but she like went to work. I was being a bum that day. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna go in today, it's whatever. Um and I remember just watching that video and listening to the music and then like I actually think I went to school just so I could talk to folks about it. <laughs> like, I had no purpose to be downtown Chicago at all, but I went down there and was like, have you guys heard this? <laughs> meeting room A. Like, we didn't have a meeting room, but like, whatever meeting room we can find, just, we need to get there and talk about this out. But yeah. Because yeah, that oh, was, there weren't really as many online discussion forums as there. It's not like at that time, Twitter was as big as it is now, where you could just go on there and have conversations or like Reddit with all the discussions. It's just like, how can I find physical people to talk to exactly. about this? Exactly. Yeah, because uh, I'm even, oh God, I just keep seeing like their Facebook like pop ups. Like, this is what you did five years ago, and I had like three likes on something. So, like, barely Facebook was barely even the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just remember that. Um, that was just, that was just a glorious day. Or just like, so um, all y'all that thought Kanye was done, you're mistaken. I'm sorry. Like, Bow down. Like, <laughs> well, and talking about that, for you being like such a long-term Kanye fan as you were, when everything, when all that blowback started to happen, um, somewhat post-Bush, but like definitely post-Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. uh, were you affected by that at all? Were you still on board? Had that changed your relationship with uh, him as an artist at all? No, I was there. I wrote that. I wrote it out just because, like, I understood that Kanye went through some things. And this is once again, I'm going to go dive back into my relationship with Kanye that I just draw way too line, way too fine of a line. But I feel like if we ever met, we'd be really good friends. <laughs> um, Kanye, growing up on the south side of Chicago, to a single mother, that was my story. That was my literally my exact same story. Like, I had a single mother. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Um, and I knew that relationship. So his mother, his mother's passing, um, was hurtful. That, that, that was, that was a blow. That was a serious blow. I mean, I remember sitting there, my, we're going to get a little too deep, but we're coming back to Kanye. Like my mom had cancer in like 2013. Mm -hmm. No, not 2003. I was 13. And she was going through that. And I understood what it felt like, you know, almost losing her. She wanted not dying. That's great. Um, but then to see like someone that went through the same thing I went through, to actually lose his mother, like I understood, like 
it was it was going to be rough. And then you tie that in with the celebrity status that we've been seeing at this point through um, graduation. That was it was bound to hit. And especially now looking back now that like he had no time to really take that all in and actually like figure out where he was like it was bound to happen. So when everything happened with the T-Swift and the um, Beyonce had the best video of the year, which I mean, she did. Um, but I, I rolled with him because I was like, he's he's going through some things right now. Maybe he needs to figure it out. Maybe you know he shouldn't have been hitting that bottle of Hennessy. But you know, we all we all we all make mistakes when when the Henny gets involved. But we, like, we all have some. So I couldn't I couldn't fault him. But he was able to take that moment, do some soul searching, and put that into music. So I rolled with Kanye, and yeah, I I still catch blowback. I think I had a job. Where I told my boss, I was like, I'm taking this day off. I'm going to go see, I think this was Jesus tour. I'm, like, I'm going to go see Kanye for Jesus tour. She was like, mm, I don't, mm, is, is Kanye even still relevant? I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go. Um, let's not have this conversation. <laughs> I'll see you when Taylor Swift comes to town. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kanye's yeah. still relevant. like... Yeah, and this is this is Jesus here. This is yeah. Jesus. Yeah, like, like that's post my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. This is post watch watch the throne. I almost said watch yes. the throne. Post watch the watch. throne, <laughs> and <laughs> now we have Jesus coming out. Like, yes. is he smoking like, reefer? Like, what's exactly. ah? <laughs> uh, wow! And so yeah. you you, uh, you got to go see the Jesus tour. Yes. Uh, so I had to make up. So I had the ability, I had the ability and had the funds to buy tickets to see Watch the Throne. And I didn't pull the trigger on it. I forgot why. I think we we're trying to be adults at that moment in life. Like, oh yeah, no, we need to pay bills instead of going to see a Kanye and Jay-Z tour. Um, and so my friends went and they were like, it was the greatest moment of my life. And they played niggas in Paris like 25,000 times on repeat. And I was just like, why? So the moment the tickets dropped for Yeezus, I was like, so yes, mm, get it. Five, <laughs> three. I started calling people I know. It's like, do you want to go see Yeezus? And they're like, uh, I gotta work that day. Whatever. You're not getting the ticket. Bye. So um, I'm like, yeah, like the ticket master clock is ticking. <laughs> um, so no, we went to go see Yeezus. And that was probably one of the greatest shows in the history of my life, like I've ever seen. Um, and my wife will look at me. She would. She would love to tell this story about when the first, when the first bars dropped for um, through the wire. I literally passed out. Like it was <laughs> actual, like full fainting session, like nineteen twenty Victorian era, like fainting couch. <laughs> 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 I like, passed out. Um, which I mean, once again, like he doesn't really check his Twitter like that, but I definitely tweeted him. It's like Kanye, if you play at least the first verse of Through the Wire, I will be your biggest fan forever. And he did it. I don't, I don't want to say I encouraged <laughs> that, but I think I did. Because <laughs> I mean, that's a little. He literally played the first verse of Through the Wire, which is like <laughs> I don't need. To. Yeah, I don't. I don't need more. You gave me. Thank no. you. Yeah, that's all I need. Wow. So yeah, no, Jesus was. Uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was a show. And that album, which we get to, I guess, next or whatever in there. Um, yeah, so. No. 
what what are your thoughts on the album? Okay, so I keep having these. You're gonna find out that all these little fine threads connect to my love, Kanye West. So Yeezus dropped on my birthday, June 18th, 2013. Yes. Okay, I was in my yeah 2013. Yep. I was in my first job. Yeah, so dropped on my birthday. I actually went to Best Buy on my birthday and bought it. I went to Best Buy on your birthday and bought it too. <laughs> <laughs> For me, yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that was literally the first thing I had to do. And like at that point, we were still like hardcore streaming. We were still pulling torrent files. My friends were like, "I've been bumping Yeezus for six days," and I was like, "That's great for you, but I'm gonna buy it and just wait for it." <laughs> I remember once again, my wife at the sun. Were we married yet? No, we were about to be married. Um, I popped it in, and some friends, you know, the initial reaction, people were like, "I don't know, I don't think it's a really good album. It's not my beautiful." Life. Was the fantasy, blah blah blah, and I was like, okay, let, let me hear, let me listen to it. And once I popped that in, I think the first trip around the album, I was like, all right, cool, I see where he's going with this. And you know, we, at this point, we've heard like Black Skinhead, um, and so I was like, ah, you know, this might be a little different direction. I think it took that second listen. I was like, I got it. <laughs> see, we're going here. The old Kanye's back. If y'all didn't really notice. And we're playing, we're, he's pulling more tricks out the bag that I don't think we were even ready for yet. Um, and influencing the next generation of hip hop artists that came after. I mean, i.e. like Travis Scott. Um, like he takes a heavy influence, not like a heavy influence, but a, a nice influence from the Yeezus album. And just the way that he was playing with voices to be used as percussions and instruments and the way he was just bringing that old school Kanye feel that, like, I want to create change. I want to speak about some social issues like that was that was the Kanye I knew and loved. Like, that was the Kanye that I haven't seen in a while um, on a, like, easy to read into level. Mm. So the album, yeah. uh, the album for you captured that that spirit that you were that you first fell in love with for Kanye or first fell in love with Kanye for. Yeah. And cause I mean, it was, it was different. It was something completely different. It was something really out there and the messages and that the songs and lyrics that he was bringing to us on that album was just like, okay, cool. So that old Kanye is still there. That Kanye that said George Bush don't care about black people is still there. That Kanye that um, broke down crack music is still there. Like, um, the one that's fighting back against record companies and what they do to artists is still there. Like that, that guy is still there. The one that understands racism is still a thing. It's still there. I understand y'all. Well, you know, he's rich. What does he care about? Like, no, he's, he's still cares. Like just because you're rich don't mean, you know, just because you want to bend. Oh my God. Okay. Just because you want a nigga in it, just because you want to bend don't mean you're still not a nigga in the coop. Like that's still that, that Kanye was still there. Yeah. So uh, the line, yeah. the line jumping into my head is that uh, they weren't satisfied unless I picked the cotton myself. Like mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes. So many like impressive lines and commentary about modern society in in a way that's almost similar to Fight Club's like anti-consumerism message mm-hmm. uh, on Black Skinhead and New Slaves and. Uh, Blood on the Leaves gets into it too like yes. that album 
Yeah, and on top of that, Love and Leaves, I, I love it even more because it's one of those it's one of those moments that kind of like finds its way to draw like what can be a, a hardcore like club banger, and then like inserts these really nice like messages that somewhere like while you're like on that two step and then <laughs> one step two step you're like catch it like oh 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 <laughs> oh like you know, it's just like that. um and that's I mean so many times we kind of there's music he puts those lines in there that, you know, at 3 a.m. when you're on drink number eight, you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't oh. see that. Um, and so, yeah, no, no I, Jesus is one of those albums that really, like, I felt it was a needed palate cleanser off of Watch the Throne. Yeah. Because for me, Watch the Throne was a really, um, it was a braggadocious album. Yeah. But I feel like, they had a platform to do and say so much more that they just kind of like squandered. And it was like, all right, I, I know you guys are rich. I get it. I completely get it. You're rich. But okay, that one was in 2011. Yeah, 2000, yeah that was 2011. It's like, so yeah, I get it. But you know, I'm trying to get to my internship and I got like $2. That's going to be the last me through the whole week. Um, so I really don't want to hear about how rich you are. That's cool. Jay Z, I'm so proud of you being married to Beyonce and all. But you know, you know, we got, we got Other, issues. Yeah, there's yeah. things going yeah. on. Which, that's a... I still love Watch a Throne for what it is, but yeah, my, my hope for it was that it was going to be on the level of the Black Star album. Yes. Um, which just, like, that is so pointed at not just the rap community, but society, and, like, mm-hmm. it's such insane social commentary. And also, like... Knowledge of Self is such, like, an empowering song. And I was hoping for that from Watch the Throne. And there's some, there may be, I think people could argue there's a few moments, but it's definitely not what defines the album. Yeah. And I also don't think that, like, at that moment, Jay-Z and Kanye were both in that mind state to make that album together. I mean, you know, we're just getting, we're, we're just, 444 just dropped, and, like, I feel like you're finally getting Jay-Z letting down that shroud of, like, Oh, I'm Jay Z. I'm this big person, and just be like, no, I'm Jay Z. I'm a human, and I care about things. Like we're just getting there with Jay Z, and then Kanye. I think you know, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy dropped, and but and he was he was able he was there in that mindset, but I don't feel like Jay was there. So it, it really would have taken both of them to be right there at that same level. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, and it just wasn't time. No, and weren't there a lot of stories at the time that they were there were fights over what kind of content to put on the album and what kind of sound mm-hmm. for the album. And that, uh, yeah. I wonder who won those. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably big <I'm> brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say big brother won that one. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the albums, the Jay-Z albums that came after that sound like Wash the Throne. So, yeah. And the Kanye albums that came after that sound nothing like Wash the Throne. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like, I try to hear the similarities between Yeezus and Watch the Throne, and I just can't can't, can't find them. (laughs) So I I think that's one of the cool things about Yeezus at this point, is that, as you said, like, a lot of people were like your friends, and that they were just like, no, 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 no. And it feels like, you know, around 2016, and definitely in 2017, there was uh, a renaissance of Yeezus appreciation. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I yeah. I'm very excited about. 
Yeah, I'm really, it's one of those moments, once again, like, hey, with 808's Heartbreak, it took people five years to catch up, now they're like, it's one of the most changing albums in hip-hop, one of the most influential albums in hip-hop. Um, so Yeezus feels like it's going to take that same right. It's, it's just like wine. Like, five years later, people are like, oh my God, that actually was a really amazing album. Shout out to Kanye West. I get it now. Um yeah, maybe, you know, we just weren't ready for it yet. But no, people are coming around. Like, I, when I first started here, I got crazy looks and people were like, oh, what's your favorite Kanye West albums? And I was like, Yeezus would be in my top three or four. It was over graduation. Um, yeah. And everyone was like, oh, my God, that's blasphemy. It's a terrible album. Why would you listen to it? And I feel like I don't get that same look I did two <laughs> years ago as I do now. People yeah. look at me now like, well, I've listened to it recently, and it's, it's grown on me a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's developed. <laughs> <laughs> like the album's the same. <laughs> the exactly. album's the same. Like, mm-hmm. like you've developed, but okay, whatever. Um, so <laughs> Life of Pablo, everything leading up to that, what what was your response to uh, all the all the hoo-ha surrounding Life of Pablo's release <laughs> and uh, the uh, actual album itself? Mm. So um, when... Uh, Hmm. <laughs> what did we get on Life of Pablo? So it wasn't the most flawless release by far. Um, and the in the build-up to it, I was expecting something in that range of like another beautiful Dark Souls fantasy. Hmm. Um, and all the craziness that surrounded what was going in Flight for Pablo and who was actually participating, who was in the booth, who was in the studio sessions with Kanye, had me worried, had me very shook about Life of Pablo. Um, and I think it also probably persuade, like, persuaded me on whether or not I fully enjoyed that album. Mm. Thinking about the people who were involved with coming together and like giving thumbs up from songs and, you know, i.e. the Kardashians. I was just like, oh, I don't know. Um, but in the end, I was torn on Life of Pablo. I was mm. super torn on Life of Pablo. Because I want to say that was the album that I just didn't, I didn't get where he was going with it. Um, in the same note where I had friends, I was like, well, dude, just, just, just cut down on your, on your love of Kanye. Just cut it back for a second. And just realize the man just having fun for a moment. Like, maybe it's not the thought-provoking Kanye that you know and love. But just, just relax. My wife was just like, no, it's just a feel-good album. Just enjoy it for what it is. Take it at face value. I was like, no, there has to be something more. Like Kanye can't give me, <laughs> can't give me a, this discography so far that has been so well thought out and meticulous and just flop it on Life of Pablo. So I've been going back to it. I'm going back to it. I take a month or two off from listening to it. Then I come back to it. And I'm like, mm, still not there. I get it. A few more songs are connecting. But let me just go back off again and come back on. Um, so I think I have like a nice grip on Life of Pablo. And I enjoy it a lot more than my first, second, third, fourth listens. Um, but it's definitely one of those albums that I feel like in general, we as a room of listeners of Kanye West music appreciators will have to look back on this one much like people are doing Yeezus now in two, three years and be like, okay, that was a really good album. It just took us a minute to get there. Yeah. It's, uh, I think as we saw with like 
graduation, you did something a little bit different that you're just like, oh, that's not the same sound. And then 808s and Heartbreak was definitely not the same sound. Um, and then Yeezus wasn't the same sound. I feel mm-hmm. like with Life of Pablo, it's a different uh, even structuring of the album, yep. which is the thing that makes it so weird because it's not it's not individual songs so much as like scenes. Exactly. And it's, it's hard. Like you can't just watch a scene from there will be blood and be like, (laughs) I love this movie. It's like, it's, it's the, the entirety of the flow of the scenes and everything. And Mm -hmm. that can take a long time to really get into, especially when we're so trained to listen to music in one way, rather than the way he's giving it on, Life of Pablo. Yeah, I mean, because we, I mean, we're trying to like read, like even from music, like the structure that just anything that we look at in a story form has, has to have a linear arc. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way we're, we're trained. That's which books go from, that's why those Goosebumps books that choose your own adventure, like they just didn't do that well um, because, you know, <laughs> like I don't know how to do this. I want to go from page one to page 200 and be done with it. Yeah. So yeah, Kanye gave this, gave Life of Pablo in a way that it's, I want to say maybe even where he was mentally at that moment in time that like, it was just, it was just little snippets of like where this scene was or just do a little bit of a story arc that I'm pulling from this and that you need to just understand how this all builds on top of each other. Um, and I don't feel like as listeners, the majority of us were sophisticated enough, especially if you're a general listener coming into like, you weren't sophisticated enough. Like even when you go into like Kendrick Lamar's damn album, like we weren't, many people weren't sophisticated enough to like kind of hear that story arc that they were building. Cause I know um, it took me probably like, I'm going to say like 20 listens to like, let me just turn this album around backwards and listen to it. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, that's, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is crazy of, but yeah. So I, I just feel like the general population just wasn't ready for an album. I'm building that structure, and maybe once two or three more drop like that, then we're we'll be there. I mean, it's much like Good Kid, Mad City. I'm gonna go back to Kids all the time. Like people weren't ready for a concept album built like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like you're just giving me a straight linear story, but they're different. They're it's put together in a way that like every song flows into it, and it's not like just individual track, individual track, individual track. It's like this is a 14 track story. Yep. So. Yeah, that uh, that Kendrick Kanye comparison for Life of Pablo, I think, is really fitting because it's like people could had a pretty good grip on Good Kid, Mad City because Kendrick like guides you along, mm-hmm. and same with To Pimp a Butterfly, he kind of guides you along, and then with Damn, he's not guiding you as much. Yeah, and there's a reason why there were so many people that were like, "Well, I don't think I love Damn as much." Exactly. And, that's it's there it's doing something incredible but it's not guiding you as much and that makes it harder to interact with mm-hmm. and and for kanye i mean you know i feel like we've done this enough where it's like he's like i'm gonna take these training wheels off and <laughs> you're figuring it out like you got to smart enough now you're figuring it out <laughs> yeah. um yeah, just like Kendrick on Dan was like, I'm going to take these training wheels off and I'm going to let you guys navigate your own story and figure this one out for yourselves. So I feel like that's what happened with uh, Life of Pablo and why it's it was an album. I want to say that's probably the longest one it took to grow on me, mm-hmm. but I also wasn't 
ready for it in a way to start seeing the way he built that art that narrative art and you're like okay got it yeah once you get it it's amazing yeah when it's there it's there and this was the first time like he even came out on twitter and was like you know the story of paul the apostle and you're Mm -hmm. like oh oh exactly but when you're just listening to the album (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like Kanye, get back on your meds, damn it! We can't follow this. Um, <laughs> right? What's but, Lowlights uh, doing here? Get this off. Exactly. Like you're sitting around, like on your iTunes, like putting songs together in a way that you think they should fit. Yeah. It's, like, no, no. <clears throat> it's, it's there. It's there. Um, yeah, it's there. <laughs> so, uh, discography done. Favorite? What's your favorite uh, Kanye moments? Like, just Kanye. Mm-hmm. In the public eye, is it a concert moment, an interview, um, him in a music there's, video? There's so many. Um, I want to say George Bush don't like black people. That's, that's a that good is, one. That is the one that I remember being, oh my God, I had no lie, I had to be like 14 or 15 when that happened, like jumping up off my couch and like, yes! Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that is Chicago, that is Chicago. <laughs> or um, even more, that one, and then I think there's only one like hardcore kind of moment that I save and like play as much as I can at every principal time. Um, it was him in the Jimmy Kimmel interview where he's like, don't ever forget for one second, I'm not from Chicago. I was like, thank you, Kanye. I knew you were in there. You're not in the upside down. You're not in the second place. You're right here with us. We know. Um, honestly, those, those are my, those are my two. Let me see. There's possibly one more. I want to do, um, okay. And then to close the top three out. Kanye in the Lamborghini in the McDonald's parking lot. Going to the drive Done. Done. It's like that that's my man. That's my yes. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, don't ever forget where you came from, Yay. Like, <laughs> no matter what you're in, no matter what you're in, you still gotta go. So yeah, no, I think those are my three Kanye moments, I'm gonna say. It's probably some other rants in there about Jordan Rand or um a few more, but those are, those are my three that, that stay close to my heart at all times. Yeah, they kind of define yeah. define the Kanye that you you appreciate. Exactly. Um, there was just a video that came out the other day that was Kanye in like his Bentley going through the Taco Bell parking lot. <laughs> or drive through it. Yeah, and it's just like, yes, yes. Exactly. Like, uh, don't ever change. Don't ever change. Nah. <clears throat> I love the fact, too, that there's so many paparazzi pictures of just Kanye and Kim getting soft serve ice cream <laughs> and just eating ice cream. And it's just like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, just live your life. Just completely live your life. Like, by all means. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I wish I, that wasn't actually a moment. But I love just all that together. Like, the... The um the outro to like last call, just the whole storytelling yeah. of like how Kanye became Kanye. Like I I still use. Do you think we can still get that deal with Rockefeller <laughs> on like weekly basis? Like I'll be sitting in a meeting and they like bring something up. I was like, that's cool now, but do you think we can still get that deal with Rockefeller if we go back and try to shoot it this way? Think that works? No, no. Oh. Okay, all right. <laughs> but yeah. 
So there we go. So if that if that counts for a moment, that, I enjoyed that. That counts for a moment. <laughs> okay. All right. Deal. Then yes, the outro, the last call, because it was oh my god, that hunger that he had, just the storytelling that he, like it was it was perfect. Plus, I mean, just to be so open with yeah with like his life and what was going on to get where he had to get to, and just kind of put some people on Front Street, you know, like cap over at three H. <laughs> <laughs> Three H over cap, like just like you know. Um, but yeah, what a bold way to end your first album. That's not like him yeah. six years on reflecting. No. That's like my first album. I'm <laughs> I'm ending it like this. Yeah. Fuck all of you. Pretty much, yeah. He was like, I played them Jesus walks, like you know, it's like, oh my god. And you, I mean, but I hindsight being twenty twenty, I, I feel like everyone over at Capitol was like, damn it. Yeah. But at the time, like that, that's a huge statement to end your first album. I don't know if there's people. I don't know if there's a there's a basketball player right now that's putting up like I don't know if LeBron would even go back. It's like I told y'all, y'all should just <laughs> like LeBron's LeBron. Like who would do that on their first album? That's insane. But it was one of those moments that just goes down. Like yeah, he was a confident, cocky son of a bitch, but he was amazing for it. Yes, he was. And we, we needed that. We needed that bad. I needed that. I don't know about you. I needed that. Yeah, and that's so, that's helped shape your life from like that yeah. early age to now. Yeah, pretty much. And like if like you saw my threads of my crazy pins of like Kanye movements and albums, like every album is like hit a pivotal point in my life. Like Okay, that's gonna sound. I'm not gonna say that one because that's gonna sound really, really stalkerish, like a little Stanish. But like, you know, Kanye and I both got married the same year. Like, it, it was, <laughs> but no. Um, but just overall, it's just that those albums and the music he made and the moments he went through, I can like track my life through that. And it's a friend of mine, not a friend of mine, well, a friend of mine, but a, one of my former editors, just like, oh yeah, you know, making this soundtrack to my life. Um, all the music I listened to and I was like yeah mine's is virtually based off of Kanye albums like I can tell you where I was off each Kanye album I can tell you how that album influenced the next decisions I made I can tell you about how I used to get hyped up to go to assignments listening to Watch the Throne and just trying to like and, or how um, I used to just think about where I want to be in my life um, and used to fantasize me back in Chicago and just thinking how is this possible or I, I went to Cuba and on assignment didn't pay for a dime and just thinking back so yeah no it was yeah, yeah that's the man's influenced so much of my life do you think you would have taken photography as a career seriously if it wasn't for that music no no, because that's not what you're supposed to be. That's not what you're supposed to do. Right. Like you're like I was going to be an engineer. Um, that's supposed to make money. So yeah, exactly. That's, that's a difference. Vastly different. Um, I was going to be an engineer, and you know when you're that one black kid from the south side that gets to make it out, and your mom's like, "Well, you need to buy your mama a house," and so you got to become that engineer. You got to be that doctor. You got to be a lawyer. And I kind of like once college dropped out came out and I kind of like internalized that a little bit. Um, I started to like feel like I can be weird. I can be creative. I can do different things, but I was still on that path. And then I want to say 
late registration graduation era, that's when I made that that jump. It was like, nah, man, I'm not trying to be the dude in the suit and tie. I want to come to I want to come to work wearing a hoodie and a don't be mad shirt. Like I want to come <laughs> to you know I want to wear. I just want to tell stories and get out and see the people and um, make change. That's what I wanted to do. And so I want to make pictures. I want to do something creative because that's not what's usually expected. And I feel like I could do that. So no, man, like when it comes down to it all, like, yeah, if it wasn't for Kanye West, I'd probably like slaving away somewhere at an engineering firm, um, slightly like disgruntled with my life about what it could have been. Working yeah. nine to five and like, you know, which probably be nice working nine to five, but I rather <laughs> I rather do I rather do this. How does I work now? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um uh, so then what uh what are your top three albums? How do they how do they shake out? Ooh, you're gonna give me a shot for this one. Um <laughs> so like don't at me. I know I I see all y'all on on podcast where do not at me on Instagram or Twitter, but um, I'm gonna get real. Okay, so my top three, do you wanna do best or we're doing favorites? Favorites. Okay, favorites. All right, so um, College Dropout, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus. It's a solid, I don't think that's a three that gets thrown around a lot. And I've I've looked at a top, I've looked at a lot of top like lists or people ranking their favorite Kanye albums. And then almost always, if somebody has college dropout at one, they have late registration to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or late registration graduation. It's it's usually the first five albums, some combination, mm-hmm. like Yeezus, 808s, and Life of Pablo at the bottom. Yeah. Um, or if they have Yeezus that high, college dropout tends to get left behind. Exactly. So that's a, that's an interesting, very interesting top three. Yeah, yeah. It, it uses and 808s go back and forth with my favorites. Because I, I, I feel like it depends on like a mood. So, like, right now I'm in, like, Yeezus mood. But if you actually like, in, like, a month now, like, 808s, definitely. <laughs> um, so it goes back and forth. It definitely goes back and forth. But I think Yeezus is a really – Yeezus was just an amazing album. It was super strong. Um, he played with so many different devices on that album. It's – and it it's one of those and plus, you know, the birthday thing on top of the on top of everything else. Like he released an album just for me. Thank you, yeah. Um, Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so but no, like those three albums I feel like were pivotal in just the sound of what Kanye West made and the sound that I enjoyed and love to be around. So Nice. Um well then top five tracks. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Does anyone answer this question? I don't think it's a way that you can you actually answer this question. Ah, uh, people people try or they just say like, "Can I just give you five tracks that I think of right now?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's, that's okay too." Okay, because I was like, I I can't. Oh my god. Okay, through the wire. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Uh. Uh. Power. <laughs> Power strong and power power still in there. Ah, uh, can't tell can't tell me nothing. Oh, I wish you all could see the agony on my face right now. I'm it's, going through this. It's wonderful. Oh. It's <laughs> it's oh, very funny. <laughs> all right. Um. Oh my. Okay, don't kill me. Street lights. Yes. Um. 
Oh, okay. I'm trying to like spread these out over albums. That's the fuck again. Um, no, I, I was gonna say Thirty Hours, but I, I really love that song. But I don't want to put it in my top because that's really gonna get somebody sliding my DMs. Like, what you talking? Uh, um, anything from Yeezus? Anything I'm from thinking, Late Registration? I want to say, oh god, okay. Then there's Drive Slow, but then there's also Blood on Leaves. Uh, you know, they're so similar that you can just pick yeah. one or the Exactly. They're completely similar. Um, let's go Blood on Leaves. That, that closes out the five. That closes out the five. Oh, but there's also Addiction. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. where. I think we're at like seven right now, so let's yeah. just leave it there. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I, can't give, I cannot give you a definitive five. You know what? I'll put it on Twitter. I'll, I'll do some introspective thinking. Yeah. Um, some seances and <laughs> some times, and then I come up with I come up with a, a, a favorite five. Yeah, oh, I, don't think, I don't think it's possible. When you do the seance, make sure you're at a mall. And <laughs> well, kids, no pounds. <laughs> yeah, which might get you arrested. But <laughs> like, what? It's just a friendly seance with just these children. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just, my kids right there. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> It's okay. It's a place. Yeah. yeah. It's we're a daycare. Exactly. <laughs> we're the daycare of Yay. It's you know, it's a new one. It's a new one. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like at our daycare, we play Kanye West music all day. It's to motivate the children. Exactly. So, you know, for the for the infants, we like to play like, you know, a little through the wire, just get them hyped up for all that. And you know, we get the two a little more rebunctious, so we throw throw lots of power and you know. Things like that, you know, for for the you getting ready to get out of school and you start playing graduation. It's it's fine. It's the fine. daycare, the yay care, the yay care. They, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, you you graduate from the yay care when you can recite Last Call from memory, the entirety of Last Call, all eleven minutes. <laughs> uh, oh God! I was, now you got me thinking. Like, can I do that? <laughs> Oh. Is that a viable business model? I saying, yeah. Like, I think I might have figured out my next thing. Hold on, Chris, I'm right back. <laughs> it seems like it should be like a South by Southwest like event. Oh my God. Just have that like the yay so, care. That would be so great. You just drop your kids off and they just play Kanye West music while you're like out doing things at South by. Yeah. I think, I think we should pitch that. We need to pitch that. Right. And then it's probably definitely going to get like picketed by some some like group that's just like how dare you ruin these kids minds <laughs> it's like relax we have the edited versions of the songs exactly like broke broke okay broke broke <laughs> uh, so like all day we just, we just all, all day that's just the song there's actually no lyrics to it it's just kanye repeating <laughs> all day all day all, all day, all day. <laughs> well so uh i'd like to close out with uh giving you some room to do kind of a, a last call like speech to kind of close things um so this is your last call moment if you'd like to just give your closing thoughts on your story and kanye okay let me see i wish i had the beat going i was putting my headphones ah, um, I should but, doing uh, that. exactly but no um yeah, I got just kind of gave you guys a breakdown, the breakdown of everything, man. Like Kanye has been one of the most influential figures in my life. Like I put him up there with like 
my grandfather and like my mom um just because if it wasn't for Kanye West like I I probably right now have some dead end job um or just like it doing engineering which I don't really have a passion for but it was because Kanye West I was just I had that ability to feel like it was okay to be weird it was okay to do something different it was okay to break out the norm it's okay to listen to music that maybe not everyone listens to um, there's a place for that. And it's, it's okay to go off your dreams. Like, you're going to get people out there that are going to be like, nah, man, you know, you shouldn't do this. This isn't the life for you. Or there's no one that looks like you in that lane. Or that's not a lane that you should even operate in. But to, but after, like, College Dropout and just following the the career of Kanye West and the sography that provided me with so much music and that soundtrack to my life, like, there was no reason why you couldn't go after what you want to do. And so, and go off what you're passionate for and come from a city that maybe doesn't have the notoriety to, um, I guess, kind of push and motivate people in a way, or you can get out of, but you can, you can get out of, you can make music from, you can go after your dreams, you can do what you want to do and be passionate about it. So to Kanye West, man, I just, you know, I, I just tell him thank you. Like the kids of Chicago, thank you. The Chance the Rappers, thank you. The Brent Lewis's, thank you. The Derrick Roses, thank you. Like, you know, it's Chicago is not, it's not an easy city. It's a, it's a tough ass city, to put it lightly. But to see that first glimmer, that first beacon of hope that's like, nah, man, you're out here, you can make this happen. That's what Kanye West was for myself. And tons and tons of generations that will come from that came after and will come after me and going forward and beyond that so yeah that's 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 my Kanye story that's my that's my story eh?